Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Well, here we are again, Chris Daniels, Chris Cashman here, and we are trying to decide where to start. I think before we even jump into the latest on the arena news, we need to address the fact that you're recovering. I am recovering. My it was voice, just a cold, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. My voice, I, I, I think I need to do some voiceover work. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to give our <laughs> David Lee, our announcer, a run for his money. Let's hear you say next best podcast. The Next Best Podcast. All right, now, David. The Next Best Podcast. Ooh, it's a dead heat. Yeah. It's a dead heat. Well, we're glad you're back uh, amongst the land of the living here. It seems like the cycle for us here as we focus on the Sonics Arena debacle is uh, waiting for the shoe to drop. In each and every week, we tried to decide when to get together to talk about the latest and a lot of false starts this week, but it seems like it all started with when the mayor stopped by King Five, where we both work, and uh, made a little appearance on the morning show. Yeah, I mean, it, what's been fascinating about this whole arena story, it, since we're talking about a non-existent building and right. where that non-existent building should go, is just all the tentacles to it and the nuances and the side stories. And it seems like there continue to be these side stories. And the, the question that came up this week is, it, it's almost like the Jerry Maguire line, show me the money. Show me the money! Show me the money. Can right. you actually build this? And questions back and forth that have kind of lingered for a couple of weeks about whether Chris Hansen still has the money to build it, whether OVG can build it at Key Arena, whether AEG could build it at Key Arena. And yes, the mayor addressed it on King 5 mornings this week. We want to also ask you about the latest on the proposal um, on the arena. Oakview Group, Oakview Group won the bid uh -huh. to renovate Key Arena. Uh, that's obviously an option, as well as, you know, the Chris Hansen Soto right, right. option is on the table as well. So can you update us on, sure. on that? Well, the, the council voted against the streetification for the Hansen proposal. Uh, Key Arena is a city asset. Uh, we did bids. We tro chose uh, Oakville View, and um, it's a very exciting opportunity, I think, have an entertainment center, to have a hockey and eventually basketball when the NBA is ready to open up uh, for new teams. So I think we have a real exciting opportunity here. And so you're all in on the key arena. You want to put all that in. down to council, no Soto, you want to go key arena. Yeah, I mean, all the, all the funders are there. All the money's here. That's not true at the other end. Uh, it's it's uh, streetification waiting for a future group of people to come together. Could be a while for the NBA, but the NHL, you sound hopeful. I, I think the NHL is ready to move quicker than not. You're smiling. Yeah. What does that mean? I think it's, I think we'll hear something soon. So a short soundbite there, Chris, but a loaded one, because I know that as soon as I heard that, and I actually saw it from your tweet right after yeah. he was here, I had an immediate reaction, and uh, I felt like a, a little kid trying to tell on his brother, Mom! Mom! <laughs> I came to find you as fast as I could. I go, Chris, Chris, did you, you heard what the mayor said, right? Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a, a double whammy there. Not only did he kind of fire a, a maybe a friendly or not so friendly shot across the bow saying the money's over here they don't have the money referencing Soto but then he also kind of does a little wink about the NHL so what do you make of all this because it seemed like a bit of a, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors but it seemed to be like taking an uppercut at Hanson and Soto and then trying to gloss over it with 
might have some NHL news coming any moment. Well, I, I think it depends on how you want to look at this. I mean, a lot of people got excited by what the mayor had to say about the NHL potentially right. coming soon. I think we've been saying that for a couple of years now, sure. that it's going to be the NHL before the NBA and the Sonics return, whether it be in Soto or at Key Arena. Uh, but yeah, the the question about Key Arena, I think the way Jake and Mimi phrased the question is, you know, is it all about Key Arena now? I mean, you heard it. And, and and Murray responded, yeah, I mean, all the, the funders are there. All the money's there. And I don't know if they have it across uh, town at Soto. So, yeah, it was a veiled shot. But at, let's stop there because the way he said it sounded like more of a declaration. Like, we've got it buttoned down at Seattle Center. They don't have it in Soto. And it just struck me as a bit of a reckless statement because do we have any evidence that that's true? I think that this has been bubbling up uh, for a, a couple of weeks. There have been tweets about it. There have uh, been print stories about it uh, that the, this group, the Oakview group, has the financing, has money committed from uh, Goldman Sachs, from Madison Square Garden Corporation. And in, in fact, it came up at Civic Cocktail, uh, where I was a panelist, and asked Chris Hansen directly if he has the money to pull this off. A lot has changed since the MOU was approved back in 2012. Steve Ballmer dropped out of the group. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk, uh, both in print and in social media, about whether you can still afford this project, if you can still afford to build a $600 million arena without Steve Ballmer. Do you have mm-hmm. the money? Um, what I would say is in the next couple of days, we'll post a letter from J.P. Morgan that is very similar to the letter that OVG has, uh, you know, talking about our ability to raise financing for the arena. So I think that will pretty much answer any of those questions. I would say that, uh, of course, we already, Chris, we already have the money to build the arena because it's already in the ground. And then the majority of incremental equity is not that much or it would come from alternative sources like OVG is raising it from Live Nation or uh, naming rights deals that would come along with the arena. Uh, the better question is, do we have a billion dollars to buy an NBA team. And I would say a group is going to have to consist of people other than myself to do that. That part is clear. So yes, we have enough money to build an arena. Do we have the 900 to a billion dollars in equity uh, in cash that it's gonna take to buy an NBA team? Very few people in this world do. I think you can probably (laughs) count them on about three hands. So yes, there is gonna have to be other people in our group. And one of the things that maybe I haven't answered clearly enough that I'd just like to make sure everybody hears loud and clear is that my job is to help get the NBA back to Seattle. Me being the majority owner is completely secondary to that objective. So I really want to make sure we get a team back. I'm a facilitator. I think we have the best site, the best location. we're very close to having it done. If an opportunity was to come up in the next couple years, we all know that Kirina would not be ready in that, in that time frame. Even OVG's time, time frame does not permit that. And so, yeah, of course, we'll be looking for other partners on the, NBA, on the NBA side. And, you know, we are in talks with people, both about NHL and NBA opportunities. Um, what I've always said is that Steve was a very special person, and it's going to take someone like that uh, to commit this early in the process because the price tag isn't even known. Like how many things in your life would you agree to buy if the price was going to be determined like three years after the fact? Like you don't even know how much money and you don't know the valuation. So um, 
we've had a lot of conversations. There will be other people in our group when it comes time to purchase an NBA team. So that actually just a sample of that discussion with Chris Hansen from Civic Cocktail. And you've got more on that online at king5.com if people want to kind of follow along. Because that actually came before right. the mayor stopped by King 5 this week and, and made a reference to maybe there's a lack of funding. So what do you make of all this? Well, it's clearly a sensitive topic sure. uh, for the, the Hansen camp because they believe, like, hey, we, we could have done this four years ago. We had all the money, right. and, and now we're asking to do it privately and still getting questioned about the money. So it was interesting that the mayor made those comments in light of what Hansen had said previously. Right. And Hanson, as he alluded to, said, hey, we're going to have a letter from J.P. Morgan that says we've got the backing, the financial backing to do this. I mean, this is becoming like a you're buying your first home thing. People yeah. are saying, do you have the proof of, of lending? Are we good? Can we see all your documents? Yeah, I, I assume we were long beyond this. We were way down the road. Hanson already owns the land. I think we already know he's got the money. It's $125 million dollars in land, by the way. It's bizarre that we've gone backwards and now... Of all things, the city and the mayor are saying, I don't think they got the money. It's yeah, and and it, and so Hansen releases that letter, finally, from J.P. Morgan, dated May 31st. And keep in mind, this is almost a response to another letter from the Oakview Group uh, showing that they have the financial backing, the debt financing. But just to read uh, from this letter from J.P. Morgan that was signed by uh, an executive director named Michael Britchkow of J.P. Morgan Securities LLC. He's one of uh, my favorite guys. He's one. Of, I mean, yeah. everybody likes to cite Michael one Britchkow, of my right? Guys, fortunately, uh, I see that you've already highlighted this. Yes, I've already uh, highlighted. So I'm just going to read yeah. uh, a couple of things from this letter. Cliff uh, notes edition. Dated dated May 31st to Chris Hansen and his group, a letter of support, excuse me, for the Seattle Arena Project. Clearly, I still have to get over uh, my cold. Uh, So it it says that uh, you have advised J.P. Morgan that you intend to finance the project with a combination of sources, including ownership equity, the sale of seat licenses, and sponsorship contracts, and the proceeds of debt secured by revenues of the project. We support the sponsors in connection with the project and believe they are capable of securing, managing, and bringing to financial close the financing of this project. So that is about the Soto Arena, and it really is an answer to a letter that was submitted as part of the RFP, the proposal submitted by the Oakview Group. And there's a slight difference here uh, from the letter uh, dated April 7th from Goldman Sachs uh, that you'll be financing this key arena proposal on a combination of equity contributed by the company and or ArenaCo in cash, historic tax credits, mm-hmm. tax rebates, an indebtedness of approximately 150 to 200 million to be incurred by ArenaCo, meaning the OVG Group, through the sale or placement of senior and or subordinated debt securities. The amount of indebtedness shown here assumes no NBA or NHL team will be an anchor tenant in the project. If an NBA or NHL team agrees to be an anchor tenant, the amount of indebtedness under these securities and/or the credit facility may be higher than indicated above. So this is starting to sound like a disclaimer. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, yeah. I, <laughs> And Sounds like something say, you read at the end of a commercial with a voice guy. On approval of credit. On approval of details, credit. Uh, so, yeah, this is approval of credit, <laughs> basically. Uh, and it also shows that uh, both these groups have different ways of financing this. I think the Hanson camp yeah. and AEG have been attacking the Goldman Sachs letter, saying it shows that OVG is looking for tax credits and tax rebates, which is a public subsidy, uh, depending on how you want to characterize it. And then... I, I've already seen people attacking Hansen's letter, saying that it shows that he needs to have a team and doesn't. This this shows that he doesn't necessarily have the money. So they're they're structuring it differently. But the bottom line is, 
both these groups are saying, hey, we have the money to pull this off. I mean, this is becoming one of those weird things like, you know, the whole side story about Chris Hansen and Tim Laiwiki. Have they talked or have they emailed? It's just it's funny how these things take on a life of their own. It's becoming very political. I I never imagined it would become a situation where we would have multiple parties and then it would almost start to get ugly. He said, she said, he doesn't have the money. You don't have the money. Uh, it's it's bizarre that it's taken this tone of uh, sports rivalry. Yeah. It's becoming competitive, and there's competitive strategies involved here. And now you really do have to read into it and say, you know, is the city clearly backing Seattle Center because it's Seattle Center and Key Arena, and that would make sense from a business standpoint? Or is there any legitimacy? Uh, is Hanson, does he have the money? Doesn't he have I thought he had the money. Hasn't he had the money for years? Are we good for it? Are we not good for it? it it's very strange that it has taken this turn uh, on the same week that, uh, you know, what, what could be their next-door neighbor, Safeco Field, home of the yeah. Mariners, <laughs> announced that it will no longer be Safeco Field. It's going to need a new name. What do you think a good name would be for well, it? Well, I actually went out in the street and talked to people. I kind of did a, a Pulse of the People segment on what would you call it and everybody said it just needs to be Seattle. Don't make it. Don't make it corporate. Make it something truly emerald, something like that. You know, uh, but you know, Pike Place Park, something like that that feels very yeah. Seattle. But I did have a couple of people who said it should be saving a spot for our Sonics field. So, uh, <laughs> so it's a it's a hot topic. Even in an unrelated field piece I was doing, people made sure they made it clear that they knew they were standing where the Soto Arena potentially would be. So it's. It's interesting that we are so many years removed and that now it's almost a, a front-burner topic that every week we have new developments to make sense of. Yeah, and, and we have July 2nd right around the corner, and, and that date will always stand out in my mind back in 2008. That's when the city settled with Clay Bennett, so we're almost uh, nine years removed now, and here we are still talking about where to, where to put an arena. It's also the day after Canada Day. There is that, too. I'm going to use as a cheap segue to the NHL, uh, because we know that our friends uh, in Vancouver, the Canucks, the owner has said, yeah, you know, he, you know, that certainly makes things interesting when he shows up at one of these ceremonies and says, yeah, I think, I think this could, should happen. We would have an obvious rivalry between Seattle and, and, and Vancouver. I just can't help but wonder, Chris, the more that this stuff unfolds, it seems like a diversionary tactic. Uh, even with Lai Wiki's audio that we featured on this podcast, where he says, "I," it sounds very political to me for a guy to stand up there in front of everybody, in front of a building that is famous for being home of the Sonics. That's what Kirina is synonymous with. For him to stand up there and say, mark my words, listen, I promise we are going to get this done, and we're going to get at least one team in here. And he kind of <laughs> moved on past, and I thought, well, wait a minute, that sounds like a... That sounds like a, a bit of a used car salesman uh, thing, because if you slow down the audio, he makes it pretty clear, look, we're going to get an NHL team. We can do that. Um, but let, let's not address the, the NBA thing, because that's not happening for a long time. I just worry about waking up 10 years from now and people going, wait a minute. I love our hockey team, but what, remember, wasn't this supposed to be, weren't we supposed to get the Sonics back too? Whatever happened to that? That's what I worry about is that we are going to – not a bait and switch. That's not fair because it's kind of a package deal. Yeah. And I understand the obvious limitations, and you don't just get to say, we got an arena, give us a team now. Uh, but I think everybody believes that 
even the NBA, if we had an arena in place, would have to say, yeah, we can't let Seattle sit there without a team. Seattle had a team. I mean, even the NBA tips their cap every now and again and admits there was a pretty big mistake what happened with oh, I, I think and the Thunder. So, I mean, everybody's – so I, I find it hard to believe that we wouldn't put up an arena, that they wouldn't get us a team. And, and these these forecasts and references to, oh, it's 10 years. No, nah, we've talked to people. Yeah, no, we've talked to the league. The commissioner said that – the commissioners say a lot of things. Yeah. That the, the, these are – none of this is being etched in stone. So um, – I, I like that we have two sides that are kind of fiery and really kind of pushing each other and poking at each other because I think that's important to kind of keep kicking this can down the street yeah. here. But it just keeps unfolding. Week after week, some new twist happens, and uh, I, it's almost a made-for-TV movie with the latest that has happened yeah. in reference to the NHL. Yeah, and uh, you know, Tim Laiwicki has even said that David Stern's biggest regret was was getting out of Seattle and not keeping the team in right. Seattle. So, I mean, he has said that uh, himself. And, and I think uh, if you talk to people in the NBA, and I've talked to them over time, that, that David Stern does believe that was one of his biggest mistakes, uh, was, was allowing the Sonics to leave Seattle. And but, it's an interesting time <clears throat> with Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah. getting his first ring. I know a lot of people in Seattle felt very conflicted to say, that was our draft pick. That was our guy. That was the golden boy of Seattle. And, and you know, he's been very cool to Seattle fans over the years. He's always worn a Sonics hat. He's, you know, he, you know he's bought his mom a house here. I mean, there's a lot of things. He's, he's played it exactly right as a guy who did not have a choice, didn't want to backhand his new team, but definitely wanted to make it clear to Seattle, hey, I got, I got love for you. Yeah. I didn't want any of this. And I apologize, man. So. Well, and I, I pointed out that after Durant uh, was the NBA Finals MVP, you know, he started his season yeah. here in Seattle donating money to a park, to a public park for a new basketball court. And that's one of the reasons why he's still held in high esteem here. I just went back and watched the story, and he right. talked about, you know, I, I didn't have a choice about leaving Seattle, and it's always been uh, – a soft spot in his heart, yeah. uh, so that's why he continues to come back for charity events. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it, it's going to be funny when this story is written ten years down the road, where Kevin Durant is if Durant has a chance to come back right. to Seattle and play sure. another game in Seattle, even uh, if it's like the Patrick Ewing role where he's, yeah he's already he's already in the thirty eight year old Kevin Durant drag him out here <laughs> get him on the court he's an ambassador now. So I, I'm sorry I got us off the scent here because of Kevin Durant, of course, but this NHL twist has taken a, a strange turn so, this week. So, I mean, this is the kind of thing about this story that you, you just can't make up. <laughs> uh, all the momentum at Key Arena. Without question. Uh, and and Tim Laiwicki, uh announces at the press conference that he has some, some oomph behind his proposal in a potential NHL ownership group. And, and we're talking names that people know. Jerry Bruckheimer, the Hollywood movie mogul, and David Bonderman, who is a billionaire who graduated from UW uh, with his uh, undergraduate degree and has been involved with uh, numerous organizations, uh, is a minority owner of the Boston Celtics NBA franchise and wants to be an NHL owner. And he's tried to be an NHL owner in the past. Well, mm -hmm. he also happens to sit uh, on the Uber board, uh, which uh, is another whole story about what Uber has been going through this week with the uh, CEO uh, taking a leave of absence. And, and the folks at Uber had a closed-door staff meeting to talk about sexism in the workplace, 
And David Bonderman was there with uh, Ariana Huffington. And, and during that meeting uh, to discuss the company's culture, uh, Huffington was discussing the hiring of a second female to the board and said, you know, there's a lot of data that shows that when there's one woman on the board, it's much more likely there will be a second woman on the board. To which Bonderman said, and there is audio, uh, actually what it shows is that it's much more likely to be more talking. Uh, as you can imagine, that did not go over well at a meeting about sexism in the workplace. Uh, Bonderman uh, apologized, was forced, uh, well, he, he resigned from the, the Uber board, and it brought in questions again in the Seattle marketplace with all the discussion last year oh about the, the sexist backlash on social media towards the council members. Sure. How will this play in Seattle with uh, a, a new group coming to town and Bonderman being involved with that new group? Well, I, I did get a statement from Oakview uh, about all of this, and, and they noted that David issued an apology. David Bonderman, he's still going to be part of this effort to bring the NHL. So they're just going to give him five for fighting, him. and then he gets <laughs> he gets back out. And and the statement from Tim Lywicki is that, uh, in, in reading now, David, David Bonderman did the right thing and honorable thing by immediately taking responsibility for his comments and sending a very strong message by stepping down from the Uber board. I know David, and I know his comments do not represent him, his beliefs, or the views of the Oakview group. He's acknowledged that even though his comments were misunderstood, their impact was clear and he needed to hold himself to the same standards being asked of the company. I have known David a long time. He has always shown dedication to fairness and equality in his business and philanthropic endeavors. And his record clearly reflects that. I so, think his comments were understood. I, <laughs> I, I think I think we all understand. I, I, I have a feeling that he's uh, got to own that, that uh, that is not going to be the last we hear about those comments from David Bonderman. No, I would agree. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there's, it, it's, like I said, funny that there seems to be something that comes up every yeah, day. there's Steve, a couple chapters in this that we we don't have the audio, or at yeah. least we don't have permission to play, but we at least want to reference what's happening, like with Steve Ballmer. Yeah, it, we were talking about Ballmer earlier and pulling out of the, the Hanson group, and, and he was on KUOW uh, for a pretty interesting discussion. Station, he, right. he, uh, he has been uh, very public ever since he left Microsoft. He's not beholden to shareholders and the stock price and all that. And he's been involved in a lot of different things. Obviously, a lot of people know he he went down and bought the L.A. Clippers. Right. Uh, in fact, there's a report this week uh, out of the L.A. Times that he is uh, uh, close to signing an exclusivity deal for negotiating on a new arena near the Rams' new stadium in Inglewood, California. Right. So that's going to put, hopefully, the whole idea of the Clippers moving to Seattle to rest. But he, you know, he started up a website for data, and, and he's doing a lot of different uh, interesting things, speaking out about the income tax. But he did talk about Soto and Key Arena on KUOW and said he actually still retains an ownership position in the Soto land. That uh, hasn't changed. Over, I mean, he said that before, but he said it again, that he still retains an ownership position. Uh, he worries about Key and, and traffic also said that he believes hockey first, that as an NBA owner, there hasn't been talk about expansion. It's probably going to be hockey first. So again, following along the storyline, a lot of people have been saying it's going to be hockey, going to be NHL before NBA. But he did say, and I thought it was interesting, that uh, I don't care where the stadium goes or where the arena goes. I just want a new arena, um, which, which was interesting given he has a stake in the land. Right. Um, so it was interesting to hear that as well. Well, it's also possible that 
Balmer has a secret tunnel underground Seattle, so he, <laughs> he could get to and from the arena easier than the rest of us. But, right. Um, yeah, well, a guy like him probably doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, he, he kind of lives a different lifestyle than many of us, and I, I think that, uh, you know, like it or not, is adult and boring as it sounds to say traffic is one of the biggest issues. It is. You know, yeah. that's one of the, the hottest sound bites over the past week was – you know, whether it was Wiki saying, hey, traffic is a Seattle problem, not a key arena problem. Or if it's from Soto and Chris Hansen's side saying at that civic cocktail event saying, hey, I was stuck in it on the way here. I had to get out. I was over on Dexter, which is a street that runs parallel to Seattle Center and right. key arena. He said, quite literally, I'm late to this event because I was stuck in traffic in that area. I had to get out and walk. So... It's funny that that's becoming one of these grudge matches as to, you know, who, which is going to cater to the traffic crowd, which at face value, you have to agree with Laiwiki. Traffic is a Seattle problem, but yeah. you can't hide behind pretending that Seattle Center isn't in the heart of the worst possible traffic. Well, and, and you know, part of this conversation that we're going to have over the next six months is just how important is that to the city of Seattle and to the uptown neighborhood, meaning the lower Queen Anne neighborhood? Sure. Uh, how much should a private investor who is building something in a public park uh, put into transportation? I, I think that you can take the arena out of the discussion at Seattle Center, and there's still, you have an investor talking about in putting more than a half billion dollars into a public park. And that is going to be tough for the city of Seattle to turn their head away from. I, right. Unless there's some massive study that shows absolute gridlock with an arena. I, when you have somebody talking about spending money to improve Seattle Center in a civic entity, uh, you're going to open up a lot of doors. So I, that's why I say the momentum is is still with Key Arena. We were talking about David Stern earlier, and yeah. he also came out, kids. came out of his New York apartment and, and decided to talk this week. We are at that point where there's probably a generation of young NBA fans that don't know who David Stern is. Oh, a lot of people know in Seattle who David Stern is. <laughs> they, or they've heard the legend. They've heard their dad's, I heard my dad say a bad word in his name. What does that mean? So, well, he former he, NBA commissioner, former NBA commissioner David Stern. Uh, he he did a podcast with Nuno Damasio, who's a former NBA beat writer who lived in Seattle, uh, and it was about a whole bunch of topics. But right. but Nuno brought up Seattle, Sacramento, how Sacramento named a street after David Stern, and and what he thought about Seattle, and, and he said that, that that Seattle still absolutely should should have a team uh, and that a team should come to Seattle at some point in time. Uh, he said the difference between Seattle and Sacramento, though, was the political leaders and what the political leaders did in Sacramento to save their team versus, I mean, he immediately, uh, he did call it the Speaker of the House the Seattle Speaker of the House, but he, uh, he continues over time to, he has never forgotten uh, about Frank Chop and Frank Chop's role in uh, the entire Sonic's departure. Yeah. Uh, and he cited that again. Uh, but yeah, he said he believes Seattle should have a team and Seattle's a great market. And uh, Nuno and, and Stern talked about the Sonics and the four different NBA coaches that were Sonics uh, or Sonics assistant coaches. It's actually kind of fascinating, the, the lineage uh, that still exists yeah. in the NBA nine years later. Well, it will be interesting to see uh, what unfolds uh, over the next couple of weeks or even the next couple of months because I can't help but wonder if the tone will shift in regards to what we're hearing from the NBA side because everybody keeps saying, uh, you know, we've talked to Silver and the new commissioner and he says it's not happening. 
we were in the midst of the NBA playoffs in the finals, so I can't help but assume that that is the kind of thing he would say. You wouldn't want to say anything that would create a sidebar conversation to distract from your league in the finals and what's happening right now, now that we're entering the offseason. I wonder if these conversations will take a turn down Stern Street, perhaps. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at Next Best Pod. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast. <laughs>